So this morning I'm going to talk about your words. We are finishing up, we've kind of finished up our Psalms series. And uh, in two weeks, on the 15th of September, we start a brand new series uh, going through the Old and New Testament called The Greatest Stories Ever, to Ever Told. And so we're going to be tying the Old and New Testament together, but we're taking a little bit of a break in between. I'm kind of just, you know, whatever I feel, week after week, the Holy Spirit's kind of speaking to me about, then I'll, I'm sharing those things. And this week, I'm going to be sharing about our words, something that we all need to hear. And I want you to know that this sermon, this message this morning is directed at me as much as it's directed at you. So if you feel like I'm um, picking on you, like, I, you know, God's speaking to me about this as much as, or more than he's speaking to you about this. I don't want you to feel like, oh, well, no, God's speaking to me about this. So um, our words and how important they are and what we do with our words um, you know, our words reveal our heart, um, they reveal our innermost part. Jesus you know, said this in Matthew 12, 34. He said, what people say with their mouth comes from their hearts. Whatever fills your heart, there's an overflow um, into your mouth. And we see your heart is revealed by the things that you say. What you say matters. Not just what you say matters, but what you type matters. What comes out of your fingers matters. I think that if the Apostle Paul was writing scripture today versus 2,000 years ago when he wrote it, he would talk a lot about what we're writing and what we're posting and what we're tweeting and what we're texting. And he would have much to say about that. Our words reveal so much about who we are. Um, you know, there's a true story. This guy was catering um, a baby shower for a couple and um, just was noticing the baby. And he said to the mom, he said, uh, he said, wow, he said, you know, it looks like you're losing some of that baby weight. And she said, well, I adopted, but yeah, sure, you know, <laughs> right? And so, right, you got to be careful what you say. Our words impact other people. You know, they reveal their heart. They reveal the thoughts that people are thinking. You know, I love uh, Gabe and Morgan's little daughter, Lennon. You know, she's only two, and she was a little bit late to the game and starting to talk, but she's kind of making up for that now. And last week I was, you know, was, you know getting ready for whatever, it was 7 o'clock in the morning, and she walks in, and she just looks at me, and she just says, find Debbie. That's, <laughs> that's all she says to me. <laughs> Find Debbie. He's like, okay, you know, she knew what she wanted. You know, Debbie's my wife, and she wanted, that's what she was like, okay, I don't really care what you're doing, just find her, right? <laughs> so she did the same thing to me again this week. I don't know what she said, but I just kind of, you know, whatever. So blew her off. Our words, right? Our words matter a lot. You know, um, the things that we say, the things that we text. I, you know, I had to, I had to make things right. I knew I was speaking about this today, and just yesterday, you know, uh, Proverbs ten nineteen says that where there are many words, this is not on the screen, but where there are many words, you can write this down. Where there are many words, sin is inevitable. All right, sin abounds where there's a lot of words. Um, in two thousand seven, you know, Science Magazine was measuring how much people talk. And I've, I've shared this with you before, but you know, they put a, some kind of a recorder on people and then they would measure how long they talk for a certain amount of time and then they would extrapolate that out, right? And they found that on average that um, a woman talks, she says she uses about 16,200 words per day. And guys are not far behind. Guys were, use, only, use only about 500 less words 
per day. That's a lot of words. 16,000? And someone like me, I'm sure I use at least 50,000 words. So there's a lot of room. There's a lot of space for sin, right? And it's not just what we say. It's what we text, what we, you know, you know, you know what we post. I mean, just... I. Kind of got myself in trouble yesterday because I'm in a group me with a whole bunch of these guys that I run with. And, you know, and I was just being a little bit snarky or something. And, you know, there's a guy who doesn't, he doesn't ever show up to the runs and he's a little bit slower. And I'm like, I'm like, hey, love him or leave him, but kick him out, you know. Let's get this guy out of here, you know. And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, he's leaving the group on the group me chat. And I'm like, oh, man. So I'm texting him saying, Hey, you know, I hope I didn't offend you. I'm sorry. Crickets, crickets. He's ignoring me. And then this morning, you know, I'm getting ready to speak. I'm like, oh, I can't go up there and talk about words. And I'm, you know, I've got this sin out there where I've offended this guy. And you know, finally he texts me this morning. He's like, hey, no, you didn't offend me. Don't worry. No problem. I'm like, oh, you know, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to, you know. So, but our words matter, right? The things that we say, um, it matters, Things that you, you forward, you text. And part of what, you know, again, part of what kind of got me thinking about this is this week is on, I think it was Monday, I received a text from multiple people in our congregation. And multiple people sent me the same text. And the text was, pray tomorrow, 229 missionaries are going to be executed in Afghanistan. Right? And and yeah, that was the reaction, right? I mean, people are like, oh, 220 missionaries executed tomorrow. And it was discouraging and depressing. And it was like, oh, and, and I knew if some of you in this room got this text, you would be discouraged and depressed. And it would be overwhelming. And it would cause you anxiety. And here was the worst part about it. I was sharing this with Chris and with, and, uh, with Gabe and Chris types in Google, 229 missionaries. Within, uh, obviously, Google, it's a second. It pops up. 2009 hoax. So this has been going around for, since 2009, this hoax that all these missionaries are going to be killed in Afghanistan. And I'm thinking, oh, people in our church are passing this text message around. I don't know if any of you guys in this room, I'm not looking at, you know, so this is, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, I know what this does to people. People read this text and they get anxious and overwhelmed and discouraged. And people are praying about something that's not even happening. It's not even true. And I'm like, well, where's, where's the responsibility with this? Paul talks about he uses the word corrupt. He says, let nothing corrupt come out of your mouth. Let nothing corrupt come out of your fingers as you're forwarding these texts and telling people things that are not even true. Now, I don't think for a moment that anyone who sent me this text had ill intent. Like, that, that wasn't the intention to try to be deceitful. But it wasn't helpful or encouraging or edifying. It wasn't building anybody up. It was causing discouragement, anxiety, fear. And so I don't think that people who were forwarding me in this text were trying 
But it's like, I'm thinking to myself, some, someone's like, well, even if it's not true, we still need to pray for missionaries. I'm like, uh, okay. Chris, in two seconds, was able to say, oh, yeah, this is not even true. And it bothered me. You know, and again, guys, I'm not, I'm not just, you know, harping on you. It's myself. I sent this group me text to these guys yesterday, and I was like, kick this guy out, you know. And, and I, had to, I had to ask him, like, hey, I'm sorry if I offended you. I had to take responsibility. And I wonder about the things that we're posting and forwarding and what Paul would have to say about that. Again, no, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear it. Don't grieve. Like, like you're grieving, you're causing sorrow to the Holy Spirit by the way that you live, by the way that you talk. So I wonder about that. James, of course, James 3, verse 2 says that indeed we all make many mistakes for if we could control our tongues or we could control our fingers, we would be perfect and then we could also control ourselves in every other way. So you have to wonder about the person who has loose lips and loose fingers and all they're doing is they're going online and they're gossiping and they're slandering. You know, slander doesn't necessarily mean it's not true. It could be true, but you're tearing down the character of somebody else. Right? And a person who does that, I have to wonder what else is going on in that person's life. Because it says if you can control that, I mean, I wonder. So Ephesians 4, 29 and 30, just two verses. And I want to read it in a couple different translations because the, the, the Bible can speak for itself. God's word can speak for itself. But let me read a couple translations, Right? It says, don't use, this is the uh, NLT, New Living Translation. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. And sometimes we just think, oh, well, foul or abusive is corrupt, like, oh, it's bad language. But Paul is much, it's much deeper than just, you know, saying a four-letter word. Let everything you say, and we'll talk about it, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live, by what you say. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Another translation, the passion, or God's word translation, puts it like this. Don't say anything that would hurt another person. Instead, speak only what is good so you can give help wherever it is needed. That way, what you say will help those who hear you. Don't give God's Holy Spirit any reason to be upset with you. He has put a seal on you for that day that you will be set free from the world of sin. The Passion Translation puts it like this. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Right? It's like, oh, don't let ugly, hateful, but let my words be filled with grace. Let them be a beautiful gift that inspires, encourages other people. 
two things happened today. And, you know, one is, I, I never do this, but I just happened to go to McDonald's this morning. I love McDonald's. I'm just not going to lie, but, you know, because it's really bad. And I know it's taking minutes off my life, but it's so good. I really don't care. So I went this morning. It was like 7 a.m. or something. I don't know. And I just, I, you know, I just, you know, I got a sausage and sausage and cheese biscuit and this large Coke, and it was just glorious, you know. And I go up to pay, and the lady's like, oh, you don't, you don't need to worry about paying. The person in front of you already paid for you. And I was just like, oh, that just, it was, it was just, it just was just, I was like, oh, that's so great. And I looked behind me, and there was nobody behind me. So I was like, oh, yes, double blessing. I don't have to pay for anybody else. <laughs> just kidding. I did look, but, <laughs> right. So, but it's like, oh, you know, and, and you know, and I'm, there's a bad analogy, but it's like, oh, you know, the, are my words this beautiful gift that encourages other people? And I was, you know, there's someone in the congregation, and Debbie and I were, there was, she was at, my wife was at a mentoring, mentoring meeting yesterday, and she just happened to mention this other person and this other lady, and she's like, oh, person so-and-so, she has such a sweet spirit. You know, and I was able to share that with this person this morning, you know, and she's like, oh, thank you for encouraging me. And I didn't even really think about it in the moment, but that was like, Debbie said this, and I was able to share this with the other person. Like, every time Debbie talks about you, she says how sweet and how wonderful you are. And this person was so encouraged. It was almost like it was this beautiful gift. And are my words like that, the things that I write and type and the things I put on Facebook and the things I forward? You know, I, I don't know if I told this. Again, now I do Women say 16,000 some words and guys 15,800 or whatever, you know, but um, we send according, this is a little bit older research, but it's apparently um, adults send 41.5 text messages, send, receive, 41.5 per day. And students, you know, kids, you know, teenagers send something like 67. And this is a little bit older, so I think it's probably higher now. But you think about all these things that we're saying and the influence and the effect that we're having upon people around us. And I wonder, are your words a beautiful gift that encourages somebody else? Verse 30, Paul goes on in the Passion Translation. It says, again, it says, let the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So never grieve the Spirit of God or take for granted his holy influence in your life. Again, last translation, the English Standard Version says, let, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion. Like, you've got to be sensitive to know the occasion, know what your words are, choose wisely, that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by the way you live, by what you say. There's a guy, and his name is Lionel Windsor, and he wrote a book. And you might want to write this down, um, it's, it, and I'm not going to quote it for you because we don't have time, but Lionel Windsor wrote a book called Gospel Speech Online. Gospel Speech Online. And if you like to post things on Facebook or if you like to put things on Instagram or Twitter, you probably should read this book, Gospel Speech Online. And he just talks about the effect that our words have and technology and the harm and the misconnection and miscommunication that occurs if we're persons that like to post a lot of things online. Gospel speech online. Ephesians 4 talks about words and having words with purpose. Paul talks about in these two short verses how to use our words, the purpose behind our words, what we are to say, 
and what our mouths and our fingers, what the purposes are for our words that we use. A couple fill-ins this morning I gave you under words with purpose. The very first fill-in says corrupt words. That's your first fill-in, corrupt words. Paul says, verse 29, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth. Corrupt. That word corrupt in Greek is uh, saphros, S-A-P-R-O-S. Um, that's what the, the literal Greek word is. And it refers to when it says, no, let no corrupt, no saphros words. It's referring to, put- it's like words that are like putrefied fish or fruit full of maggots. Diseased trees, cracked or defective stones that are useless. That's the word that Paul describes. He says, don't let any words that you use be like putrefied, stinking fish or fruit that's full of maggots. There's an English word, saprophyte. That's our, our English word. We get it from that Greek word. And it refers to an organism especially a fungus or bacterium that grows on and derives its nourishment from dead or, or, or decaying uh, organic matter. It's like, oh, my words are like that? When I use corrupt words, it's where a fungus or a bacterium can grow on these words that are corrupt and putrefied and decaying and Again, different translations use the word corrupt or rotten words or foul or abusive or ugly or hateful. And a lot of you are thinking, oh, well, I don't have to worry about it. I don't use, you know, foul words or. But I don't think Paul is just talking about foul words, but kind of your next fill in. I think Paul's also talking about words that are thoughtless. Like when I got that email this week, words that discourage. When I sent that group me text yesterday, and I said some discouraging things. I was like, kick this guy out, you know. He's slow. We don't need him. You know, I was just, I was just kind of kidding, you know. And, but Paul's talking about thoughtless, discouraging words. Words that deliberately tear people down. Words of slander. Or gossip, words of bragging, words that are false or bitter. You know, we didn't have to, that, that text that came out this week that was not even true. It's like, we don't even have to make that kind of stuff up. I mean, according to Christianity Today, they did an article at the very beginning of this year. And um, according to them, and it's called Watching the World or, or, or the World Watch List. They're talking about, you know, Christians that are killed. It says every day 13 Christians worldwide are killed because of their faith. Every day 12 Christians or churches, buildings are attacked every single day. Every single day 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned. And another fine are abducted every single day. More Christians face the most violence in last year in 2020. Pakistan, Nigeria, the, the Congo, Mozambique. Cameroon, you know, you can see, I mean, this stuff is going on. But what you don't notice in those top 10 is Afghanistan, which is supposedly where this stuff was happening. Last year in 2020, Christians who were actually martyred for their faith, um, over 3,000 Christians last year, 3,530 Christians 
that were aware were martyred for their faith in Nigeria. You can see Congo, 460, Pakistan, 307. Nine out of 10 Christians last year who were martyred for their faith. It happened in Africa. But you don't even see Afghanistan. Now, I'm not saying, obviously, that's not happening, and we should be praying for people, but we get this text that people are sending around, and it's not even true. And there's already lots of important things to be praying for, and yet we're discouraged and distracted by a, by a, a text because people didn't take the responsibility to say, is this true, what I'm saying? Is this helpful? Is this encouraging? Is this responsible? And so we just forward stuff on or we just slander and post things about people online that might be true, but it tears their character down for I don't know why. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Jesus Christ so that we can do good things he's planned long ago. And I wrote on your notes, a very important part of doing good things is speaking good words. Speaking good words. Paul says, use wise words, words that build up. That's the next fill-in. Use good words, words that build I wrote in the notes that we can either contribute rotten, useless words that undermine the gospel and tear people down, or we can contribute good words that help the process of building up as we point people towards Jesus Christ. Paul doesn't want us to use, again, rotten or random words, but he wants us to use words that fit the occasion. That's the next fill-in. He says, use words that build up and that fit the occasion. Like, be wise with the things you say. You know, you don't have to mention Jesus Christ in every single conversation and context in every moment. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit and use words that are wise that fit the occasion in the moment that you're in. Use words, next fill in, use words that give grace, that are a beautiful gift. Let your words bring grace to those who hear let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words to them of grace. What kind of words are you using? I wrote in your notes that Christians, that you and I as Christ followers, are to be people who speak primarily with the good of other people in mind. Like when, when I say things, when I'm texting things, when I'm posting things on Facebook, am I putting things out there that are thinking about what is good for other people? Am I keeping that in mind? The question I think that you should ask yourself is, am I doing this simply for myself or am I doing this as to give grace to those who hear or to read what I am writing? Paul kind of finishes this. He says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Right? Don't bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. That happens a couple of different ways. Through disobedience, through rebellion, through rejecting the Holy Spirit's prompting, through refusing to accept what Scripture teaches. You grieve the Holy Spirit. You know, last night I, had a, I was at a wedding and, 
And uh, I, was, I, I knew someone was going through a difficult circumstance, and we began talking, and this person began, you know, talking about their circumstance, and they began saying something that directly opposed what Scripture said. Now, it was a wedding reception, right? And it, I, I, I didn't have, you know, it wasn't necessarily, I had to speak words that fit the occasion. So I couldn't give this 30-minute lecture or conversation on, well, do you know? And so I had to gently use the right words to help bring some correction there. Because I knew that the words that were being spoken were not true words. And they, they went against Scripture. But I had to be sensitive to that. Scripture says, don't use rotten or bitter words, false words, harsh words. Again, words of slander. Last passage of Scripture this morning. I want you to walk away thinking about, and I've mentioned this last couple weeks. Right? Paul says that we're Christ's ambassadors. That we're his representatives. That God is literally making his appeal through us. I wonder when people hear me talk or they see what I write or post, do people know that God is making his appeal to them through me and through you? Or am I using corrupt words that's just tearing down and not building anybody up? There's no gift of grace with those words. I hope you'll think about that this week and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and that you'll use your words wisely this coming week. Let me take a moment and pray for us this morning. Father, um, I want to pray for my friends, our church family here at North Point. Father, I know that there are those that are here this morning who've been wounded deeply by words, maybe even my words, or words of other people in this room, words somebody that you love dearly, and people are carrying around woundedness. So, Jesus, I don't know how other than by your love and your goodness that you would come and that you would bring some healing into the hearts and lives of those that are hurting here this morning, those that are listening and watching online. It's not an accident or coincidence, but your divine sovereignty that's brought us to this place this morning that we're listening online. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, may people in this room and that are listening online, may they experience your healing presence and virtue in their lives this morning. Bring healing, Jesus, where there's hurt and woundedness. Father, pray as a congregation that we would take that seriously that you are using us to make an appeal to other people for you, Jesus. That we're your ambassador, we are your representatives. Help us to be aware of that this upcoming week with everything that we say. Jesus, I pray and ask that you would quicken the hearts of people that are here this morning, they're listening online. If there's a specific moment or incident or word that was spoken that you're bringing to our attention, Lord, help us to confess that. To acknowledge that sin before you. And then to go seek reconciliation, Jesus. 
with those around us who we've wounded, who we've hurt. Through you, Jesus, give us the strength to do that. And then, Jesus, as we confess that to you this morning, may we experience your forgiveness in our lives. You've already forgiven us, but may we become aware of that and not walk in condemnation, but may we walk in forgiveness because you have come to forgive us and set us free. I pray all these things, Jesus, in